0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and after getting the season underway with former Newcastle United star Rob Lee, we're back once again with another episode and more importantly another top guest. Joining me tonight is someone very close to home and that is the manager of our under 18 team. Colin, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and I hope all is well my friend. All is good, thanks Dan, nice to see you. Thank you. So, thank you for your time and a pleasure to have you on board. As I say, so a best place to start, as always, is a bit of background. So, Colin, if you would be so kind, please tell me and the listeners about yourself and your coaching career to date.
1: Uh, so, yeah. So, from a from a playing perspective, played a lot of local football. You know, Northern Alliance, where the where Blue Star are now, uh, Northern League, um, and then spent five or six years playing over in America, um, you know, across Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago, Tampa, uh, and then came back and played lower levels. And um, when my son got to about six or seven years old, that's when I got involved with coaching again at uh, at Gateshead Football Club. And we took Gateshead from like under sevens, under eights, all the way through to under 16s. And as you know, now we've... Um, We've moved that team across to Newcastle Blue Star, which, which is great. And that season kicks off at home against Leighton next Saturday.
0: You mentioned Stateside. If you want to expand a bit more on that, that sounds very interesting. So how did that, all that come about? Uh, well, yeah, I, was, I finished college over here
1: and got the opportunity to go across there and work with a company, um, which was formerly known as North American Sports Camps. Um, it was initially meant for one summer, but I ended up staying out there for, for five years. Um so as part of the programme you were coaching anybody from, you know, nippers and munchkins which were under fours and under fives, all the way up to university and college teams which were under nineteens. So it was a, a huge um a huge difference between beginners and, you know, sort of advanced players, which was really, really good.
0: So how does that opportunity even come about? Because obviously you can't. It's a big move to make, isn't it? You can't just pack up, go stateside on a whim. So how does that all facilitate?
1: Well, as as I said, it was it was supposed to be a summer job. It was basically a summer job um, through that through through a UK based company. But when I was out there, and you know, I played a few games for a few um, A League teams, and basically. Signs reside and, and as part of that, in the winter, you would uh, you would do the coaching sessions on behalf of, of those clubs. And when the summer came round again, it was back working for North American Sports Camps as coaching.
0: And what made you come home? Obviously, that's not an easy decision or was it an enforced decision? Tell me about that. Well, yeah, it, it was a bit sort of, I came back when I was 26 or 27 and... You
1: know at that time you think you need to come home and get a real job and you know start you know start doing things properly because it was a bit of a a five year holiday if you know if you if you want to look at it like that without really getting your hands dirty and I got a bad injury when I was over there as well i snapped i snapped my ankle in chicago and uh yeah that was that was probably the beginning of the end over there
0: so Injuries, obviously, they're going to make a big element in that sort of thought process. You're back home. What's the next step? Are you still able to play at a kind of level which is not yeah, quite yeah, intensive? I
1: was, yeah, I was. I was playing. As I said, I played. I was playing Northern um, Northern Lions. I was playing for team, like I played for a few teams when I came back. Like um, I played for Walker Central. Um, you know, played played a few games for Wickham but it was it was it was never really the same and then you know I sort of just ended up you know playing sunday afternoons or saturday mornings in over 40s or over 35s which was still good but you know you you could never with an injury like that it was it was quite hard and then i had to have a new knee and you know 4 years ago i had to have a new hip so <laughs> i'm uh, a bit like RoboCop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if we look at the timeline of events then, obviously your body's, I it not go as far as letting you down, but as you say, you're RoboCop and you're trying to be rebuilt. So what's the natural progression to coaching? At what point do you think actually it's the time to put the boots away from a playing point of view and give something back to the game from a teaching aspect?
1: Well, you never really put your boots away, do you? Because every time you get the opportunity to do something, whether it be five a side or, you know, work's due or something like that, you still think you're 25 and you can do it. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, it, it, I, I fell into it by mistake. My son was playing under sevens, under eights levels. And one of the coaches, or both of the coaches, were young lads. And, you know, I think I think one of them was a car salesman and one of them was a personal trainer. And they both had to work Saturdays. Saturday, You know, Saturdays was when they, they sold cars or could get clients in. So it was me and another dad just went and redid we our badges, did our first aid, did our safeguarding courses. And and we were away, you know, and, and that was that was the start of it again.
0: So that's the start. The current is now, the current is Blue Star. What's been the transition like from joining this new club, that being Blue Star of course, and what have your first impressions been?
1: Well, to be honest, i you know, from
0: I got into it, um, Oh, I
1: first heard of the opportunity through the first team coach Paul Bryson um, who was heavily involved with Gateshead for a few years and he kept a close eye on on how my team was doing and he invited me across for a chat with uh, with the owner Steve Best and to be honest after spending 15-20 minutes with Steve it was an absolute no-brainer so um, we made the move and you know, that's sort of three months down the line now. And as I say, we've got our
0: first game of the season next week, which we're really looking forward to. What challenges have you faced in the first few months? Any of note? Um, well, obviously, we you know, we've brought in some real talented lads
1: um, from, from Gateshead, from Walsh End, from Cramlington, uh, from Newcastle City Juniors, so we've got a really, really good call. Um, and a challenge that you sometimes face is is support networks and, you know, can kids get there on time or will they be where they're supposed to be when they're needed? But, you know, because the kids are young men still aren't all driving or are capable of getting around the place and, and meeting here, there or everywhere, the parents that we've got on board as well have been... It's been absolutely fantastic. So the whole process of recruiting kids comes with that still in mind at this age group. And we've been absolutely delighted with every single one of the boys that we brought in, as well as every single one of the, uh, the parents or the carers.
0: You say they're young men, but is there still an element of safeguarding that needs to go on at that level? Yeah, it's it's tricky. You know, it's it's a tricky
1: one, Dan, um, because you know it's it kind of comes back to common sense. As long as you know you're doing what the FA guidelines tell you to do and and what not to do, um, you know you you're, you're well covered. But you know, as you say, we've got five, six, seven, eight of my squad that are playing in the under-23s or the reserve team, some knocking on the door for the first team, well, you know, the challenges will be different for them. And, you know, there will be industrial language going on in the changing room, on the sidelines. So it's about getting them It's getting them ready for the challenges that they're going to face in years to come now. Um, but, yeah, from a safeguarding perspective, Dan, everything is done by the book. Everybody who's involved have, have done the relevant FA courses and we're all well set from that. And again, you know, I can't thank the club enough. You know, Vicky, Steve, uh, Johnny, everybody for, for getting that in place. And that's not just with my age group. I mean I'm involved in a couple of WhatsApp groups with, with other coaches and, and parents and every single coach from a blue star perspective has to uh has to pass those tests which which is great.
0: Now, you mentioned players knocking on the door of higher levels. So, how fluid is the the you know, the pathway, shall we say? I mean, it's very much a one-club ethos, isn't it? It's not just you're setting that team for that season. So, is there scope for players to step up when required? Or, dare I say, worst-case scenario, there's a raft of COVID and players are required to go up a level. Is that going to be quite a fluid concept throughout the season? Yeah, absolutely. So, what we've said, for, you know, the... The, the
1: the um the exciting and attractive thing for me was when I walked through the door was the whole one club approach. Um, whether that be, you know, an eighteen year old playing for the reserves needs game time. He's you know he can play for me. If a couple of my lads are needed to step up, if I miss them for a couple of weeks and they're getting experience in the reserves or the first team, if that isn't happening, I'm not doing my job. So, just an example of that, this weekend, there's um, five or six of the reserves away this weekend. Weddings, you know, holidays, COVID, whatever it is. And Dean and Michael are taking four or five of, of my under-18s to represent the, the reserves and the, and the alliance this weekend. So, before we've even started the season my boys are getting the opportunity to to play senior football and and that is, that is fantastic because that doesn't happen at a lot of other junior clubs because they haven't got the progression to reserves or first team it basically stops at under 18s and there's no way to develop and ultimately that that's where it ends for some of the boys but not at not at blue star
0: with the scenario that you just mentioned about you've got five players moving up a level, is that testament to their capabilities also? Without a doubt, you know, without a doubt, um, and the sky's the
1: limit for some of the boys. You know, I mean, they don't, you know, they don't need to stop it at, at reserves or, or Northern Alliance. Some of the lads that we've got in our squad are well capable of of playing at, at a much higher level, but I think. You know, they they just need to be patient. They're at the right club. They've got the right people around them. And as long as they keep their feet on the ground, you know, the the sky really is the limit for them, Dan.
0: So in terms of the season ahead, obviously winning games is the bread and butter of football. But from a player development point of view, how important does that override the actual result itself? Um...
1: We want to be competitive, you know, yeah. we want to compete, we, we, you know, we we want to go in um, with, a, with a strong squad. I mean, what, what I'll always say to my boys, and I've said it for years, is winning isn't everything, but wanting to win is. Of course. And that's, you know, that's the mentality. Um, and the other thing I'll just say is, look, when you're playing for Blue Star, do your job. That's it. Two rules. Do your job and be on time, and if they can do that, then they've got the platform to, you know, develop as as quickly or as, as, as whenever they want to. It's it's entirely up to them because they've got they're at the right club with the right people, and I can't stress that highly enough.
0: And I guess those two principles: do your job, get up, get there on time. They're good habits to set you through for the rest of your career. You want to sort of. You don't want that to sort of be carried over to older levels, do you? If you can sort of nip that in the bud and make sure that players are doing their jobs early, it sets them a good stead. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I like, you know, me and any
1: other coaches, we all like to have a laugh and, you know, and have a bit, bit of a mess about and have a good laugh. Um, but there's a time to there's a time to do that, and then, you know, two seconds later, it might be a time to work hard, and. You know, they, the, the, you know the, you know the lads, the lads that I'm working with, and Dean and and Bryce and and Liam, they've all got quite a bit of slack. We don't rule with an iron fist, but there is a time, you know, to switch on. There's there's not a lot of grey area. It's very very black and white. So it's either work hard, have a laugh, but know when to, you know, know when that line is drawn.
0: Yeah, it's all about knowing when to switch it on. So, talking about being switched on, the pre-season program is just about coming to an end. You alluded to that earlier, but what's been your assessment of what you've seen so far?
1: Yeah, every single one of the boys who've come through the door have been absolutely spot on from a you know from a hard work and you know attitude perspective. A um, couple of surprises in terms of lads who I've had the opportunity to work with in the past. Have come back into the fold. Um, uh, you know, I, I could name names, but they'll they'll know who they are. Um, the lads who have come in from City Juniors, from Cramlington, from Wolves End, We've just it's just gelled perfectly, and um, everything in football is about timing. And you know, we're not we're not quite done yet in terms of you know the squad. We're waiting on one, maybe two more, to come in. Um, because obviously we need to cover holidays. You know, some of the lads are at work, some of the lads, you know, COVID still, COVID's not going away anytime soon. So we need a bigger squad to make sure that we have 16 or 17 boys on the day. So results have been good. Um, We've played some very good teams in pre-season. We've trained hard. You know, we've, we've worked hard with the 23. Some of the lads have trained up with the first team.
0: So yeah, really, really looking forward to uh, to getting started down at Blue Star. Okay. The final question might be a simple one, but what's your aspiration for the coming season?
1: Um, really, really tough, tough question, Dan. Okay. It's a new league. Um, we've joined it. we we're. We're an under-17 team playing in an under-18 league, so we're playing a year up. Um, we'll absolutely hold our own. Um, but again, like like we alluded to earlier, it's if we can compete and we win more than we lose, that'll be good. But ultimately, it's about pushing players through to Dean and Michael and to Liam and Paul um further <clears throat> excuse me further up the ladder and um you know the 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 guys who support the first team the guys who go to support the reserves you know when we're playing at home and you can't get to one of the away games i'd strongly recommend you get down to uh to like to the club and and watch us because you'll be pleasantly surprised with what's on offer
0: absolutely right i think that's all my questions for this week is there anything you'd like to add before we go uh
1: no no just a, just again a huge thanks to um everybody at the club for making not just me but the boys um all of the families welcome down you know down there when we when they've when they've been in and around the club and you know all of the hard work that's gone on down there pre-season uh to make to make the ground look as amazing as it does is uh, is a huge testament to, to what's going on down at that club. So, on behalf of myself and and all of the juniors and the parents, just a huge thank you to the to the owner and the committee.
0: Nice one, Colin. Right, that is full time. Thanks for your time, Colin. And hopefully we'll catch up in the season. Yeah, we'll see you soon for a beer. Um, and hopefully we're toasting successes all round. Absolutely. Speak soon, mate. Okay, that neatly brings an end to this podcast episode. Just a quick bit of admin. And of course, the season really is in full swing now. A date for your diary. The first team against North Shields Athletic, that's been moved to Friday night. Friday night under the lights. Under the floodlights, more importantly. That's going to be a great event for all. Hopefully, we'll get more goals. It's been 16 goals in a week for the first team. Long may that continue. But of course, to all the teams playing across the week and across the weekend... Best of luck to you all. If you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at Dan Tracy 1983 To wrap things up, I just need to thank Colin once again for his time. So with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. And until next time, goodbye.